Well, good morning. My name is Randy Hahn, and I'm a churchaholic. More, I mean, more and more today, it sounds like something to confess, doesn't it? Something you should be ashamed of. When, when the world sees the church, what do they see? Somebody who needs some help. You know, we have medicine for that today. You, you can get over that. It seems like more and more with this antagonistic relationship between the world and the, and the church, you know, we, we, we feel on the defensive and something is wrong with us. But, you know, if you think about it, whatever generation you're living in, you always see that generation. Oh, this is the very most. Oh, this is the very worst. Oh, this is the very best. Oh, this is the very least. But the truth of the matter is, didn't Jesus tell us this was going to be the situation didn't he tell us, hey, you're, you're not going to have a great relationship with the world. They're actually going to hate you. They're going to take you to court. They're going to imprison you. They're going to kill you. And they're going to think, some of them will even think they're doing God a favor. So Jesus told us there's going to be this difficult relationship between the church and the world. Now, some of this, and I don't think this is what Jesus was referring to, some of this we kind of bring on ourselves, don't we? I mean, in the story of the church... We have a few bad pages, right? We have a couple of, of bad apples. And, and so all of a sudden, it's the sin of God's people. Not our relationship with Christ, but it's the sin of God's people. And God kind of pays for that, you know? God, Jesus, the Bible, Christianity gets the black eye. Not because we were doing what God said to do, but because we weren't doing what God said to do. And so, you know, you can have a, an individual in the church that's well known as being a churchgoer, but out there in the community, they're a little bit of a scoundrel. You know what I'm talking about? You know, or maybe it's, maybe it's not one individual. It's, it's the whole church. You know, I mean, for a lot of people in the world, they look at what the church hates. The, the church is known for what it hates. The church is known for what it's against. And so that creates some of that tension. Of course, an, another place I think the church kind of gets a black eye is when we get in bed with the government, right? Now, that's, that's not really the American story, church. That's more the European. And, and, but, you know, when you stop and think about that, we, we think and we learn in history of some of the atrocities of, and the word is used, the church. But was that really the church? Did, did pastors and church members get together and say, hey, let's go out and do this? Or was it a couple of maybe a corrupt officials at the kind of the top of the food chain in the church and they were corrupted by the government and it was really the government that was going out they just got to do it in the name of Christ they they got to do that under the the name of the church but it wasn't really the church per se but you know like I said in this story, we, we're not completely innocent. We have our places where we tripped, messed up, did some things we shouldn't have done, and the world gets to say, ah, see, I, I, I told you. But, but folks, while that's going on, let me tell you something. The story of the church is not a story of our trips and our failures and the wrong things we've done in the world. You know, more and more in the world, it, it, it feels like that's what we're being told. Every, every problem in the world is because of religion, especially the church, especially Christianity. But folks, that's not true. The story of the church is the story of good being done in this world. I mean, folks, wherever, I wouldn't say that everything good that's ever happened happens because of Christians and, and the church. No, that, that, that would be an exaggeration. But folks, when good is being done in this world, the church is always in the neighborhood. The, the, the church is always nearby. And, and it's in, in a lot of ways that we might not even think of the good 
that we bring to society, the good that we bring to the world. Some of these things you've heard me say before. You take women, for instance. When you find a culture, when you find a place where women have equality, where women have dignity, you are always, 100% of the time, this is historically and geographically an absolutely true statement, you're looking at a culture that's been impacted by Christianity. And the opposite is also true. When you have cultures that are not impacted by Christianity, women don't have rights. Women are not treated with dignity and equality. It was the church. It was Christianity. You say, well, now, wait a minute. It wasn't the church that wrote an amendment. It wasn't a church that made laws. No, but where did those governments come from? Cultures impacted by Christianity. Folks, when we look at feeding and, and caring and ministering to the poor... There's nothing compared to the church that's done that. Throughout history and around the world today, there's no greater force for caring for those in need than the church. Now, here again, you may, you may say, well, what about... Gosh, it seems like the government has the ability to spend billions, really, in doing that. We, I mean, we don't have billions. And, and there's all these, these non-profit organizations, not all of them Christian. There's a lot of secular non-profit organizations. What about them? Well... I would say about them the same thing I just said about women. What cultures are producing those kinds of governments? What cultures are producing those kinds of secular nonprofits? Christian cultures. And where Christianity has not had an impact, where those cultures have rejected Christianity, you don't find the government doing that. You don't find nonprofits doing that. Hospitals. Those Christians have built the hospitals of the world. It's Christians who carry medical care and medicine to the world. There's, there's no second place to that. So it, our story is one of great good. We could spend the rest of the afternoon. We won't. We could spend the rest of the afternoon telling this story, talking about this. Some of it very objective truth. It can't be disproved. It's black and white truth. Some of it would be more subjective. It's still the good that we did, a, a good that we had impacted, but others would say, well, I don't know if that was the church. There, there's other things going on. There's these other flu influences. I would just say, and yeah, and the church is always in the neighborhood. It, it's Christians that are always nearby. So, so folks, here, here, here's the bottom line. The Christian church is the greatest force for good, the most consistent force for good, past and present in our world today. We are the greatest force for good there is. So don't be bullied into believing lies and into believing misinformation. Because I really, I honestly feel like we're rolling over and just letting the media and the academic elite tell us we're the cause of all the problems. And we're like, yeah, yes, we are. I'm sure sorry. I'm part of the church. No, the church is the greatest force for good there is. Be proud of that. Celebrate that. Now, having said that, don't expect a thank you note. Right? Okay, the world's not sending you a tin of pecans for Christmas, all right? Get over it. You know, I mean, folks, it's not going to happen. So, you know what? That raises a question, though. Here we are. We're trying to be good. We're trying to do good. We're trying to make a difference. And yet we're being treated like we're the problem. And, and most of us, we're going to get defensive about that. We, you know, get our little pouty face on. And that's not nice. And that's not fair. You know, what, what are we supposed to do when the world's not going to acknowledge the good we're trying to do? When they're not going to appreciate that? Well, folks, Jesus answered that question for us. He told us exactly what we're supposed to do when the church, when the world is watching. He told us exactly what he wants the world to see when they're looking 
at you and me. Two verses come to my mind that, that Jesus made comment on John thirteen thirty five. Jesus said, by this, all people will know. All the people who are watching, all the people who are looking at the world when, or looking at the church, when they're looking at you, this is what I want them to see. I want them to see your love for one another. I want, to, I want them to see a place where the, the, the walls of racism come down, the walls of economic disparity come down. I want them to see where, where the walls of education come down. But not just those things that separate people, but a place that when we gather the walls of anger and the walls of hurt and the walls of frustration and disappointment, those things all come down and we're able to love one another. That, that's, gonna be the, that's what's really going to prove you're the real deal. You're the genuine article. God, Jesus said, that's what I want the world to see. And then secondly, he said, let your light shine. Okay, spotlight's on you. Whole world's watching. Okay, now what are you going to show them? I want them to see your good works. And the result of that is they'll give glory to your Father who's in heaven. So see, folks, the world's not going to appreciate us. Jesus said that. But he said, I, I, I don't care. When they're looking, when they're watching, this is what I want them to see. Not your ability to defend how good you are. I just want them to see how much you love each other. And I want them to see the good that you do in this world. Another passage I like that brings both of these together. Hebrews chapter 10. Let us consider how to stir up one another. I always laugh when I read that verse. I think that's one of the few places where I think, God, you might have worded that a little bit better. You know, I'm thinking, I'm guessing all across America, a lot of people are going to church today and they're going to stir somebody up. Whether it's the love and good deeds, I, you know, that's, a, that's another sermon, right? Okay, but God says here, let us consider how to stir up one another to what? That's exactly what Jesus said, isn't it? To love and to good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some. He says, listen, I don't want you to get in the habit of not being here. There's a lot of reasons for not being here, sometimes very valid reasons, but sometimes those valid reasons become the habit. And the valid reasons become the invalid reasons, and pretty soon we're not here. He said, no, I want the habit of your life, I want the norm of your life to be here, and when you're here, you're entering this building to be stirred up. To be stirred up, to love and serve those around you, to leave here and to go do good. To love and to do good. But understand, this is a two-way street. You're not just coming in here passively being stirred up. You're also coming in here to stir up. You're, you're to enter this building today thinking about, who am I going to encourage to do good this week? Who am I going to encourage to go a little further in, in loving? Now, I realize if you just joined last Sunday, you may be thinking, I'm not quite sure how to do that yet. I'm not, I don't really have those relationships yet. That's right. You probably don't. It takes a little bit of time. But that's your commitment. If you joined last Sunday, your commitment. How do I get connected? How do I get in relationships? How do I get in a place where I can be a part of what God told me to be a part of? And that's putting myself in a place where I can be stirred up to love and good deeds and where I can stir that up in others. Folks, that's the activity of the church. As Geico says, it's what we do, right? This is who we are. This is what we do. And the result of it, the result of this loving and doing good is that they see our Father. Think of all the ways we can refer to God. All of the names of God. Jesus picked one name. He didn't pick God our Creator, the, the Supreme Being, the Almighty. Those would have all been good names, wouldn't they? But He picks one name that refers to a relationship. 
I want them to see your father. And that you're that father's child. Because see folks, the result of some of this, while the world watches, some of them will actually come and join us in worshiping and celebrating our father. And that's what this is all about, right? That, that, that's why we do this. So we leave here today and, and, and we're going to go out there and we're going to be loving. We're going to do good. Now, a lot of this we'll do all by ourselves, right? I mean, you just walk through life and you can do good. You can go home this afternoon and you can do good to your family. They count, right? Thank you. Yes, your family counts. Your family counts. We can do good to them. A neighbor. Of course, we're going to get up and head into a week tomorrow and we'll go to work. We'll go to school. I mean, hey, if you're walking on this planet, you don't have to walk very far before there's a chance to do good, right? There's somebody to encourage. There's somebody to help. There's com- somebody to come alongside. There, 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 I mean, need is everywhere. So, so we're going we're gonna to do that. And this passage certainly has you and, my, you and me as a way of life doing good. But now watch this. If I'm always doing that by myself, you know what they see? They see me. Ah, Randy, he's a good guy. Man, look at He's always doing good. Now, they might, might realize I'm a Christian might start to connect the dots and realize there's a a motive behind that. There's a fuel behind that. And that's God. And they end up praising God. But if all they ever see is the individual, it kind of requires them to, to do some work and connect some dots. And yet, as I read these passages, folks, I, I really think the big part of what's in mind here is not just what I do by myself. It's what we do together. It, it literally, it's coming together as the church and being that force of good. Because when we're doing it as the church, guess what happens? The watching world has less dots to connect. They have less math to do. They have, they have less to figure it out. It's a quicker journey, a quicker trip to see, hey, this is about the goodness of God, not the goodness of this person. And so it's, it's, it's stirring each other up, going out and doing good as the church together. Well, folks, this is a week, this coming week in the, in the life of our church that we want to stir you up. Now, you look at the passage, that's an every week event. But this coming week is a week in particular that we're really focused on getting everybody here stirred up to doing, to doing good around our community and around our world. We want to show you as many ways possible that, that you can do good. And so you can go out there today, and we're actually, I'm going to try to finish a, a few moments early. I know, a miracle all in and of itself. Um, try to finish a few moments early, not so you can rush to your car, but, but maybe take just three minutes and just peruse these tables out here, folks, and see, hey, man, there's opportunities here to minister to people in jail. There, there's opportunities out there to get Bibles in the hands of people. Opportunities out there, I think right over that direction is the FCA. Opportunities to go in school and, and, and minister to kids. Down here on this end also, there's Mercy Mall. You know what we like to do on Thanksgiving morning? Deliver 150 cooked turkeys to homes that need that. Put 150 meals in in, in homes right here in in our community. You can go out there to Mercy Mall and they'll tell you how to do that. Feeding ongoing throughout the year, not just holidays, but throughout the year. Etrick, the the, the food ministry we have is out there. I, I think over here, now see this may be something you don't think of as a ministry. Adopting and fostering children. I... I Can there be a bigger ministry 
than giving a child in a place of no hope, hope. Giving them in a place of no life to, to having a life. What an opportunity to disciple and, and pass on Christ than, than that kind of ministry right there. And now here's the funny thing about all this planning. The blood mobiles also out there. Okay? I mean, hey, we take everything at the heights. Everything you've got. We take your blood too. But you know what, folks? It's kind of funny. I thought, you know what? That is a good coincidence that, that, that this is one of the Sundays. Here's what my dream is. Here's what I pray for, for us as a church. Wherever good's being done in our community, somebody from here is nearby. What I would love, and, and not, not just for our church, I want it to be true of the church, capital C. But let me just stick with our church for a moment. I would love wherever you go in institution, in business, in agencies, they say, man, the heights, those people make it happen. They just get it done. Every time you're there, every time we're doing every time we're a comp, people from that church are involved. Folks, that's, that's one of the reasons we invite them to come up here and take blood. Hey, you go to that church, man, you go away with blood. It's one more place as a church we're doing good. It's one more place as a church we're, we're solving a problem. We're, we're, we're being a help. And so that's what all of those things out there represent. We, we, we can't do everything. And we can't be everywhere. But one of the reasons we try to provide such a wide range is, is because you are made up of different gifts and abilities. You are different personalities. Some of you are very driven to solve this problem and this person over here sees that problem and goes, okay. But then, but then I'm motivated by something else. And so we try to hit as many of those things as we can. You know, when you came in today, you, you probably got, uh, or hope you got, and if you didn't, please get one on the way out, one of these right here. Now, when I say one of these, both our bulletin and this brochure look the same today. Because that's the theme of our Global Impact Conference that is coming up this week. The GIC, that's what I was talking about earlier when I said this week we want to stir you up. Um, if you've got the bulletin, that's the one where you open it up and you see my face. Put that one down. You don't need that. But by and large, that's just a safe principle. If it has my picture in it, you don't need that. You can put it down. But this one does not have my picture in it. This is, folks, a, tr a tremendous tool, not just because of the information it has for you this week. I'm guessing more than one of us have had a conversation with somebody that thinks the church is about the worst thing on the planet. You know, if you're ever in a conversation with somebody like that, you've got a piece in your hand. I think this is one of the best things we've ever put out. What you've got in your hand, folks, is an opposite. You know what? I don't know what your experience has been with the church, but could I show you what my church is doing? And see, because when you go through this, folks, it's a story of all the places you are. And all of the things you are doing. This isn't, this isn't the pastor or pastors or the church. I was going through this the other day thinking, I didn't know we did that. I didn't, I didn't know we were doing this. I didn't, uh, folks, it's, it's just story after story in here. This is a, it, it, there ha, there's some dates in here pertinent to this week. But this really is a story of the heights. Who we are, what we're doing right here in our community. You find a lot in here about what we're doing around the world. And we talk about, you know, where we're going in the world, what we're doing in the world, because Jesus told us to. But it's a fair question, and we get asked that from time to time. Well, are we doing anything, like, right here where we live? Yeah, folks, there's about a dozen ministries right here where we live of ways you can be involved, of doing goods, meeting these, helping ladies get out of the sex industry. I mean, so many different things in here. Take this not just for this week, 
but as a good tool to pull out, as a good tool to share with somebody who maybe has been focused on some of the not-so-positive things about the church and, and gets to see this. So I hope you'll get that. All the different ways you can get involved in the back of it uh, is our trips uh, around the world in, in 2016. You'll notice one of them is to Nicaragua, November 5 and 12. I've been asked several times today, well, it, didn't that trip already happen? Because we did have this weekend a trip leave for Nicaragua. So be in prayer for them. They're out there feeding the poor, building houses, helping those in need and sharing the gospel. That's you. That, that's your church family. That's the heights. But all of these trips right here in these dates are for 2016. It just happens to correspond that one of those dates is very similar to right here and right now. So, but you see there, Bulawayo, Zimbabwe, Ukraine, Haiti, Nicaragua, South Asia, uh, a, a local one in our own state. Uh, we're involved with a church plan up in northern Virginia, Winchester. There's opportunities to minister in that. So you can go through that and see all of the different ways you can be involved. How you can join arms with your fellow church members in serving and doing good right here in our community and around the world. If you look at at the, uh, the second page, it has our schedule there, and uh, th this is Thursday, Friday, Saturday, you see Sunday, I'm kind of assuming you're going to be here next Sunday, because we're not going to neglect meeting together, right, because God told us not to, right, all right, four of us will be here next Sunday, okay, so, but I'm pointing out Thursday and Friday, these are the extra days, okay, now we do the Global Impact Conference about every 12 to 18 months, so what is that, like 500 days? I'm asking for three. I'm asking for you to consider three days out of roughly 500 that the other stuff in life would get adjusted. That maybe some of the other stuff in life would get missed. I know there's practices, homework. You're just worn out at the end of the day. But folks, this is a, just a tremendous way to come and be so excited about who God is, what he's doing in the world, and how your church is involved with that, how you can be involved with that. We're going to start Thursday night right here, a tremendous time of worship, going to be telling some, some great stories, meeting some wonderful people. Uh, it's, just, it's a great kickoff. Be here for the start of it. Friday night, we do a thing called Friday Night Live. It's one of the most entertaining, creative things we have done year after year with the Global Impact Conference. It got so big and so popular, we couldn't accommodate everybody that wanted to get Get in, So we've kind of changed the format this year so that more people could get in to see it and be a part of it. Uh, you see also on those days there's some things that aren't necessarily church-wide. We wouldn't all be here for that, like the senior adult luncheon on Thursday or our ladies' ministry uh, is having a tea on Friday morning. So you see things like that. Saturday morning, if you are interested in a trip, and you don't have to sign anything, you're not coming. I just want to see what's involved in a trip. Who goes on these things? Where do you come up with that kind of money, that kind of time? All those kinds of very specific questions are answered. So you come over Saturday morning, you get to have breakfast, and then all of our trips will be in a different room, and you can go and learn and ask questions. You can even go to, to more than one room. You just have to slip out and go over to it. So a lot of things. Next Sunday is going to be exciting because we're going to be sharing a story, kind of a story and an announcement uh, about something that, that through all of this, through these global impact conferences, what it's, what it's beginning to lead to. And I, I don't, I don't want to give it away, so you have to be here next Sunday for that. But uh, folks, I, I sure hope you'll consider how you can be here and be a part of as much of this as possible. So the schedule's in here, some great information about your church that you can share year-round uh, with others. I hope you'll get this little booklet 
on the way out. As you, as you see here, maybe you can read here, it says, here am I. That's the theme this year of the Global Impact Conference. Those three words come out of Isaiah. Isaiah is a prophet. And in Isaiah chapter 6, he has this incredible vision. Uh, I mean, it's, it's a special chapter in the whole Bible. I encourage you to read it this afternoon where he, he sees inside of heaven. He sees inside the throne room of God. He sees God's glory. And he has something probably like what you'd call an emotional breakdown. Just so overwhelmed with what he's taking in. And, and as he gathers himself and collects himself from that experience, his response is, here am I, send me. He saw God's glory and his response was, I am yours. I will go where you want. I will do what you want. I belong completely to you. I wonder, folks, is that, is that the DNA of our church? Is that who we are and what we're about? We know God's glory. We see God's glory and we say, God, send me. You know, folks, I said earlier that the church has been and is the greatest force for good in the world. Now, for part of that to happen, each generation has to pass the baton to the next generation, right? Are you available to God to take the baton? Are you available to God for Him to use you? Realize, He's not using the building. The building stays here. When we all get up and leave in a moment, the building doesn't leave. The building doesn't go out and do good in the world, right? You do that. Can God use you? Will you let God use you to show the world the church He wants them to see? Amen? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I I pray that you would put a, a, a burden in each of our hearts to learn, to be here, to be involved, to get connected, to understand what this is all about. God, I am, I'm so grateful for the heights. I'm, I'm so grateful for the, the people who have a vision and a passion and go off and they, they begin ministries. They do things under the banner of the church. They do things under the banner of the heights that I don't even know about. Lord, I'm thankful for how you're using so many people in our church. My prayer for this week is that you would take that army of people doing good and just triple them. Quadruple them, God. Would you bring fresh soldiers? Bring on a new wave of people. Lord, I I, want to lift up to you our parents. That they would be motivated to do whatever it takes to bring their children to this. Their children need to see the good that the church does. It's, It's our children that are being lied to. It's our children that are being told that the church is meaningless, irrelevant, and worthless, doesn't, doesn't do any good. God, I pray that we would realize how important it is that our children hear these stories. Our, our children see what the church is doing so that they are ready to take that baton. They're ready to be used by you to show the world who and what the church is under the banner of our Savior, of our God, of our Father, God, I pray you'll do a great work at the heights this week. We ask this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.